This week on Priority One, we trek out CBS Stages Canada, Anthony Rapp and David Ayala talk Trek, Doug Jones dips Trek nuggets, and Star Wars news. In Star Trek Gaming, we look back to STO's mycelial event and timeline's October schedule before hearing from you in feedback. RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. This episode of Priority One is brought to you by GamePrint. We thank them and our patrons for their support of Priority One Podcast. Command codes verified. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 432 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. Your weekly report of all the major news happening in the Star Trek multiverse. Recorded live on Tuesday, October 1st, 2019, and available for download or streaming on Friday, October 4th, during New York Comic Con at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elijah. I'm Kat. And I'm Anthony. Now, before we jump in, Captains, we do have a few announcements to make. First of all, we are, at least I am, at New York Comic Con. And you can bet your bottom dollar that next week we will be covering all the major headlines and announcements that might have come from the Star Trek panels at Madison Square Garden on Saturday. Also, on October 19th, we are taking a trip. We are beaming into Ticonderoga, New York for the Star Trek original series set tour. Join Kat, Anthony, me, and a whole bunch of other cast and crew from the Priority One team for this unofficial Priority One convention. But we're really excited and we hope that you'll attend. We've made a Facebook event to just kind of get an idea of who might be attending, but we really hope that you can make the journey to Ticonderoga. It really is a pilgrimage that all Star Trek fans should try to make. And even if you can't make that, we still want to invite you to join in on our weekly conversations, whether via social media like facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast, on Twitter or Instagram at Priority One Pod, or by email to incoming at Priority One Podcast.com. We also encourage you to voice your opinions and give us feedback. For instance, you can use the voice memo feature from your mobile device to send us a voicemail. Just send it as an attachment to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Maintaining these features would not be possible without the support of our patrons, listeners like you, who support the ongoing production of this show by offering a financial contribution each month. Visit us at Patreon.com forward slash PriorityOnePod and check out how you can become an admiral in the Priority One Podcast listener fleet. Now, Captains, we understand that giving up your hard-earned money is a big ask, especially to a podcast, and we understand that, of course. But there is another way that you can help support the show, and that is by sharing it. All you've got to do is when a podcast is published on Friday, 
head on over to your social media channels like Twitter or Facebook or Instagram and retweet it, share it, repost it. Let your friends know that they can get their weekly roundup of Star Trek news right here on Priority One with an emphasis on Star Trek gaming. Now, let's check out the latest news from the Star Trek multiverse. I don't know. Then let's trek it out. Mississauga. From the Anishinaabe word, Nisizagli, meaning, quote, those at the Great River Mouth. Also, the second most populous city in the greater Toronto area, and about 18 miles from downtown Toronto. Also, also, the new home of CBS Stages Canada. On Sunday, September 29th, provincial and local representatives celebrated the opening of CBS's 260,000 square foot space, six soundstage multi-use production studio alongside CBS Top Brass. CBS Global Distribution Group President and Chief Executive Officer Armando Nunez said of the opening, quote, CBS is a global company that has had a storied history and broad footprint throughout the provinces, both as a producer and distributor. With the addition of the new studio space, we will be able to diversify and expand in ways that were not previously possible, end quote. President of CBS Television Studios David Staff added, quote, we came to the realization that we not only needed additional production space, but that Mississauga, with its strong production infrastructure and long history of crafts expertise, was the perfect location for our international expansion, end quote. Staff later expanded on this thought, telling The Hollywood Reporter, quote, We didn't have a place to call home. That's what we really wanted. So branding it CBS was important in telling the community, We're here, and we're here for good. And we are your partners and good partners, end quote. For links to the article, check out the show notes. So this is, I think, a pretty big deal for CBS, that they're kind of doubling down on original content. I know that they're probably not going to use up this entire space by themselves because they'll have the ability to rent out whatever they're not using. But I think they're they're looking long run here. And I'm, you know, this kind of makes me feel good about the state of the franchise, especially with the impending merger coming, that they feel that they're going to need more production space for more content. And I think... You know, we've already heard, you know, new shows that are coming down the pipeline because of the merger, and I think that they're going to utilize this space. But I wouldn't be surprised if we see some new Star Trek stuff uh, utilize this space as well. I wonder why not keep it, you know, like in Atlanta or on the West Coast or somewhere in the United States. Again, nothing against our Canadian friends. What makes it cost effective to move it to Canada? You know, my guess is taxes or, or and, and tax breaks. Yeah, there's some type of... Because I know a lot of shows film out of Toronto now. Um, It's very popular. So they must be getting incentives to bring filming business there. Like, there were a few states that offered film incentives, like Georgia. But given the political climate, I think some companies have not wanted to start, you know, to build anything coming out of Georgia. But um, they Toronto must be doing something... Uh, to offer incentives to filmmakers and, you know, TV production places. I, I think, you know, we see this in the film industry a lot where one region will really take an emphasis on trying to be, quote unquote, the next Hollywood. 
We saw that with Atlanta. We've even seen that in Massachusetts outside of Boston a little bit. I have some friends that are working in that area right now. I think another major thing that is contributing to this, and they mentioned it in the in the article, is that they have the expertise already there. I have a feeling that there's already a community of filmmakers and, and, and staff and, and crew members that they can pull from. And I wouldn't be surprised if that was the big draw. You know, from what I'm hearing from my production friends, there really isn't a new area that's, that's growing like that with filmmakers. So I have a feeling that that also played into it, as well as the, the stuff that you had already mentioned. The aforementioned CBS Stages Canada wasn't only for officials. Some of the stars came out for festivities. Star Trek Discovery's Sonequa Martin-Green, Anthony Rapp, and newcomer David Ayala made appearances. And ET Canada caught up with Rapp and Ayala to discuss the new studio, Star Trek Discovery, and Star Trek in general. Rapp spoke of the importance of CBS Stages Canada, saying... Yeah, to have a permanent home for, for the studio, I think it's really meaningful to yeah. so many artists and craftspeople and technicians. Ayala echoed, saying... Being here and just seeing the commitment that CBS is making is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And like David said, they're sowing seeds into their future yeah. to hopefully build more avenues for great work that we can all be very proud of. While the pair couldn't say much about Discovery's upcoming third season, they once again verified that Ayala's character was from the future future. They also spoke about their thoughts on what makes Star Trek such a cultural phenomenon. Rap said, I think a lot of things, one of them is it holds up a, a possible vision of the future that is incredibly appealing because it, it's a future in which all of the things that have divided us for so long mm-hmm. no longer divide us. And I think we're especially right now really hungry for that sort of vision. Ayala agreed with Rap and expanded on the thought, saying, An idea can start something really, really small and it can expand into something great, but it all starts with a thought, you know. I love it. And um, this show is very forward thinking. Check out the show notes for a link to the video interview. Anthony Rapp and David Ayala weren't the only two Discovery stars to have microphones in their faces. Internet website Collider posted a red carpet interview with Saturn Award winner Doug Jones from the Saturn Awards red carpet. Jones gave some insight into Discovery's third season progress, saying they are about one-third of the way through filming, before praising the series scribes. The story is unfolding uh, at a rapid pace. Uh, the writers on this show have just blown blown us away. Jones continued saying, uh, "So season three is going to blow you away. We jump to the future. Yes, at the end of season two. This is a big deal. We've boldly gone where no Star Trek series has gone before. <laughs> so we, we started before the original series. Now we've jumped all the way till after Voyager. So so we're uh, we're going to see what happens in the future. What condition is the Federation? We don't know yet. We're going to find out when we land. Uh, what happens to me and my rank? Uh, I'm a commander, but I'm also acting captain of the ship because we lost all our captains now. I take the ship, and so do I get to keep the captain's chair? Do I have to uh, give it away to another Federation uh, Starfleet captain in the future? We're going to find out all that when we get there. For a link to the full interview, check out the show notes. Captains assemble! In news that broke on September 25th, The Hollywood Reporter reported that president of Marvel Studios, Kevin Feige, would have a hand in the next chapter of Star Wars. Feige, who has been in charge of Marvel Studios since 2007, should really come over to Star Trek, but instead was at the helm 
for Marvel's meteoric rise from comic books to cinematic empire, and is expected to guide Star Wars as it moves away from the Skywalker saga. So why are we, Priority One, your weekly report on all the major news happening in the Star Trek multiverse covering a Star Wars story? because wars may be trekking to the light side. Feige is a confirmed Trekkie. Inverse did a great job of compiling Feige's Star Trek references, including a Crave.com interview in which Feige said, quote, I had never thought of this before, but what do we do in Iron Man 3? Blow up Tony's house, blow up all his suits. What do we do in Captain America 3? Shatter the Avengers, shatter his relationship with Tony Stark and half of the characters that have become his present day foundation. In every part three, we can. And we've blown up Asgard in this. Oh my God, we're one trick ponies. Oh my God, search what happens in Star Trek 3, the search for Spock, end quote. Let's not forget the punk rocker from Star Trek 4 that made an appearance in Spider-Man Homecoming or when Feige referenced the next generation finale, quote, I talk a lot because I'm a big nerd about Star Trek The Next Generation All Good Things. That to me is one of the best series finales ever. That wasn't about death. Picard went and played poker with the crew, something he should have done a long time ago, right? End quote. That's pretty crazy. I never thought Feige would leave Marvel. Uh, he's not leaving Marvel. From what I understand, he's only contributing, he's producing one Star Wars film. Okay. Is what I believe is happening. All right. Because he's pretty entrenched over there, or at least I thought he was. But, I mean, who wouldn't, you know, turn down a chance to get involved in Star Wars if you could? He runs a very tight ship over there, and most people love the way Marvel makes movies. It's the way they interact with the cast and the crew, and just their process is, is very well established. And I think what they're doing is they're going to say, hey, let's see if we can apply this process to Star Wars and see what happens. And that's why they're just kind of testing the waters and seeing if that if the Marvel process works in the Star Wars world of production, that is. Interesting. Yeah. I mean that's pretty interesting. I mean to be honest, I I think this is this this whole story is just kind of a stretch. Think you know, I thinking that he's gonna bring Star Trek sensibilities to Star Wars. I mean I it's he is heavily influenced from Star Trek as a franchise, which is amazing and great, but he's also an accomplished storyteller, and he has been from the beginning, and I think that's what he's bringing to Lucasfilm. It, you know, it's not his love of Star Trek, it's his expertise as a filmmaker. Well, Captains, that's all the news we have to check out this week. Now let's find out what happened in the world of Star Trek gaming. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. Captains, we do need to take a moment to thank our sponsor for this month, GamePrint. For those of you unfamiliar with who GamePrint is, they are the company that actually allows you to 3D print your starship from Star Trek Online. Now, here's the cool thing about it, is that you don't even have to play Star Trek Online to choose an awesome-looking ship selecting the size you want printed, and you can even get it renamed to whatever ship name you decide. All you have to do is visit GamePrint.net and you'll have access to an extensive library of ships that have already been uploaded by players. There is something for every Star Trek fan. You do not have to play Star Trek Online to take advantage of this. And we want to remind you that they're also offering hand-painted models. A ship is like another character. 
for you, right? And it's always been that way for Star Trek. The, a ship acts like a character in the story for Star Trek. Now imagine a customized ship that you can really make your own, displayed proudly like I have in the studio in our apartment. It's just gorgeous. I'm so proud to know and display my ship. I really do. Kat, have you decided what you're going to get printed yet? Not yet. I want like 17. <laughs> well, here's the nice thing about wanting 17 is that with promo code PRIORITY20 at checkout, you save 20% on your order. And that's at any ship at any size, including the hand-painted model. So you can get 17 $20 ships and still save 20%. So captains, visit gameprint.net, explore their library, or log into the game and visit your ship tailor, upload your customized ship and display it proudly. And remember, use coupon code Priority 20, that's the word priority and the numbers 2 and 0 at checkout to save 20% off of your order. And, of course, we thank GamePrint for their support of Priority 1. Patch notes were light on PC this week, but there is a pretty exciting change sneaking in there. Along with some minor bug fixes, this patch has increased the XP and Mastery XP modifiers for patrols in the new patrol system. From double XP to triple XP. This is great news for players looking to rank up ship mastery quickly to obtain starship traits. They keep sneaking these little XP and bonus and reward payouts uh, pretty stealthily in patch notes. Because last week they had done it with Mark's payout, right? So the first time you did a, a patrol, you got double the, the Mark's and Dilithium. And now they're adding some XP to the and mastery XP modifiers to it. That's pretty cool. I wonder if that's because people are not playing them as much as they were hoping. What? I play them all the time. I'm leveling up ships. Oh, man. It's amazing. I love the patrols. Really? I'll be honest with you. I like the new format of the patrols and the way they're doing the event. I, I'm i having a hard time, like, wanting this ship. And I'm not, I, to be honest with you, I'm not even playing on a daily basis right now. What? The Elatra yeah, ship? I don't know. I just don't really, uh, I don't really care for I like it. Em. And, like... I don't know, two out of the three th things in the event are the same thing. Hold on a second, because I don't mean to say that I'm going in every day to play for the Alachi ship, because I, like you, I'm not interested in the Alachi ship. Even, I mean, you know, you think about it, oh, well, it's a, it's at least an Admiralty ship that you can have. Sure, I guess, but I'm not, I'm not going in going, oh, I have to do my dailies. I'm going in going, I want to blow something up, and I want to feel some reward for doing it. And that's why I'm locking in more often, because I can either play the mycelial event and get the marks, or do the patrols and explore the patrols a little more. It's not for the ship. It's not even for the, the weapons or anything. I'm doing it for the ship, because I like my Alachi ship, and I want another Alachi ship, and it's free. I just feel as though I'm logging into the game now and getting something out of my playtime. That's what I'm feeling right now. Yeah, no, I really love, I really love the new system. I agree wholeheartedly with with the changes in a positive way. For some reason, I'm just I'm playing less now than I was in the previous events. I swear, Anthony and I are just polar opposites. Here. We really are. When you're liking what they're doing, I'm just like eh. And when when I'm loving what they're doing, you're just like eh. Well, we are just a couple weeks away from the mycelial crisis event launching for Stowe's console players. The event on PC is almost finished. 
When this episode is published, there will be just five days and a few hours for PC players to finish earning their T6 Alachi Qualash Frigate. If you're listening on or after Friday, October 4th, and you have less than 840 progress points earned, you won't be able to reach completion. But don't give up, because every point you earn brings down the price of the C-Store buyout. So even after the event ends, you could grab the rewards for prorated amounts of Zen. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm. Uh, it's going to be a big price tag for me to buy out, and unless it's something I want later on down the line, I probably won't. I probably won't be getting this ship. I doubt I'll get the ship either or pay for it. It's just not. It's not on my bucket list. It's not the style of ship that I like. Um, I would probably buy a Romulan ship before I bought. Now, if it did the crab walk, I'd be in there every day. I'd be every twenty hours. Like I know that thing is pretty cool if we could get it to do that. And now for upcoming Star Trek Online events coming in the game. During the weekend, you'll get 100% extra technology points on item upgrades. It's a great time to make use of those upgrade tokens you've been saving, especially the Phoenix upgrade tokens. It's also a really good way to keep dilithium costs down for upgrades that aren't Phoenix upgrades. What's the, the hot weapon now? Like, what's the what's the new hotness right now? Um, I think some people are moving towards plasma, but, um, you know, those phaser, the phaser weapons are all, I mean, those are still pretty good. I mean, unless you have a Bolian cannon. That's for ground. Oh, was he, t- were you talking about space? Well, what about... All right, so what about ground? What's good for ground? Ooh, well, I love the new uh, Jayla staff that's available in the Lobby store. Can you upgrade that? You can, and I have a Jayla... I actually made a Jayla character after Beyond came out, and uh, so she got it, and I ultimate tech upgraded that thing, and it's amazing. What kind of proc did it give? Um, Well, it's electrical damage, but you have, like, a melee effect to it, so you can, like, hit people with it. It's awesome. So you can shoot them, and then you can hit them. <laughs> I keep forgetting to get that, and and because I have a melee character with the new with the new discovery set, and uh, I, I keep forgetting to get that weapon and put it on that character. The melee, oh, it's the animation is fantastic. A plus plus to whoever did that because it's awesome. In other gaming news, throughout the month of October, timelines will be running a mega event they're calling Mud Amuck. According to the event announcement, quote, As is fitting for Halloween, our October mega event will task our captains to keep up and more importantly catch up with the infamous trickster that everyone loves to hate, Harry Mudd. End quote. Mudd has gotten his hands on time crystals and players have to get them back before disaster strikes. In the course of four back-to-back weekly events, players will encounter new variants of Pike, Awashikan, Poe, Burnham, and Saru. There will also be an opportunity to encounter Vina and even the Ba'ul. Discovery Crew will provide special event bonuses throughout the month. Achieving threshold rewards in each weekly event will grant players Tenevik, the Klingon Monk, and Protector of the Time Crystals. I have, though, been playing a lot of Star Trek Timelines. Their, their new campaign feature is awesome. Every 20 levels, there's 100 levels in the campaign, and every 20 levels, you know, you get one rare character. And then every every 20 levels, you get another copy of that character, so that if you do the whole campaign, 
you'll get you know the four copies that you need to upgrade that character to four stars for the rare and then at the the level 100 is you get another um, citation that you can then upgrade another rare character and then if you pay uh, the 9.99 for that campaign it unlocks a whole set of other rewards including another gold character that in, it'll give you four four copies of that character to upgrade and then it gives you a citation at the end that you can upgrade it to the fifth so you can actually like if you don't have that character you can get all the copies you need to to upgrade it and then it you have almost all of the items to to uh to level it up so um so yeah i've been playing a lot of timelines and i've been really enjoying it um and um and it's been fun that's it for this week in gaming news. Now, let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. Well, captains, hailing frequencies are now open, and we're ready to receive all of your incoming messages. Last week's community question was, in honor of Aaron Eisenberg, what was your favorite Aaron Eisenberg performance? Our listeners were all on similar pages with their opinions here. Two episodes of Deep Space Nine stood out, Heart of Stone and It's Only a Paper Moon. From Facebook, Jamal Taylor wrote, Heart of Stone is what made Nog a real, tangible character for me. It's Only a Paper Moon drove home just how good an actor Aaron was. His pain, fear, and depression are real, and it's easy to see why so many vets and others that have been through trauma thank him for helping them cope. Also from Facebook, Jason Smith, without a doubt, Heart of Stone. First run DS9 was high school slash college age for me. At the time, a young man trying to decide who I was and what I wanted to be, I really identified with Nog. Now though, as a father of two boys, I still find this powerful. And I identify with Cisco in that scene. Both actors gave their all and it still brings tears to my eyes to see it both as a son and a father. On Facebook again, Richard Buznego writes in, Aside from the great STO content, It's Only a Paper Moon is peak nog for me. It deals with disability, PTSD, and mental health in a positive way and tells a hell of a story while it does. I wonder if Vic ever did move those slot machines, though. You know, my favorite Aaron Eisenberg performance actually isn't even from Deep Space Nine. It's from Star Trek Voyager's episode Initiations. It's the one and only episode of Voyager he was on where he the played Kazon. a Kazon, a young Kazon boy who uh, basically picks a fight with Chakotay. And um, it's I just did a, a Voyager rewatch and I, I watched that episode um, again for probably the third or fourth time. And, and it was actually just a few months ago that that really solidified my opinion that he was a talented actor because to see how different that character of Carr was from Nog and and his performance in that episode was was really spectacular and um, I definitely appreciate uh, his involvement and his enthusiasm at the conventions and with the fans and I will certainly miss him. Kat, I don't know, did you want to share anything? It's tough. But I think my favorite Nog episode wasn't even any of those. I mean, yes, those are fantastic. And overall, those are my favorite Nog episodes. But one of my favorite Nog moments is when he asks, you know, he's upset because the Klingons don't respect him. And he goes up to General Martok on the promenade. (laughs) And he's like, listen, (laughs) y'all need to move along. I just love, I love that. 
in general, Martok's like, okay, sure, this time. <laughs> I would have to say my favorite Nog episode from Deep Space Nine is, uh, I think it's uh, Treachery, Faith, in the Great River. Is that the one where he's he, he's trying to, he like sells something to this and then he gets so-and-so to do the favor for the other person? The baseball and... card episode? No, the other one. No, no, no. It's the one where With he's... With the desk. Yeah, yeah, the desk. Somebody yes. wants to take a picture with Cisco's desk. He's got everybody's because O'Brien wanted him to do. He's exactly. A, yes. Yeah. Oh, I do love that episode. He basically is one. using like Ferengi, like um, wiles. Yeah, to like complete whatever he's trying to do for Jake. And I yeah. just, I, I, I absolutely love that episode. That's my favorite Nog episode from That's Deep a Space Nine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And last week's second community question was. What are your thoughts on the new Intel Science ships available for purchase in Star Trek Online? From PriorityOnePodcast.com, Sean Newboy says, The Klingon one is ugly. Sorry, not sorry, but I do like the ships overall. From Facebook, Ron Kenny writes, Haven't bought new ships in a long while. The newest ships don't offer much that hasn't been seen before. I'd buy trades or consoles if they were sold separately, though. You know, Ron tends to comment very critically on things on our Facebook page. But I do agree that I think I don't think it would be a bad idea to do little micro transactions for consoles and stuff. Like you wouldn't buy the ship cuz I would totally just buy that electrical damage console because I have an electrical damage build. Uh, and right. those sh- and you'll Sean Newboy, those ships that Klingon ship what it is real not looking so good. It just, yeah, I, I I, mean, I see how that could potentially be game-breaking in terms of console limitations, right? Because some consoles can only be used on X amount of ships. But, you know, if they charged, you know, $5, $10 for a console, like Ron Kinney suggested, I, I, I would, I'd be okay with that. I'd be cool with that. Sometimes they offer them in the lobby store, though, like the opposing faction console that you couldn't right. get. Yeah, I mean, I'd spend lobby on that if it was a thing. Well, that wraps up episode 432 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. But there are more great shows available to you on the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Just visit podcasts.roddenberry.com for a complete list or do a search for Roddenberry on your podcast catcher and be sure to subscribe to all of them. Then share them with your friends. But... We can't forget to send a special thanks to some of our Patreon supporters like Diana Gunther, Darnell Dwayne Ross, David K. Rutley, Joshua Selig, and Peter Archibald. Captains, it's important to us that you get your voice heard and that you participate in the conversation. Leave us a comment on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com, on our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast, or find us on Twitter and Instagram at PriorityOnePod. Don't miss a thing from the Star Trek multiverse. Catch our episodes every Friday. Just open your favorite podcast app and run a search for Roddenberry. There you'll find us and our friends on the Roddenberry Podcast Network. You can even join in on the fun while we record our episodes live on Tuesday nights at around 8 p.m. Eastern on Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, and Twitter. Just keep an eye on our social media channels for details. And if you're still craving more, be sure to spend time with Winters and me and the Priority One Armada Saturday nights, the Armada broadcasts live to review the latest Star Trek online and Armada news, as well as spotlight some of the amazing members in our community. 
Each week, we team up with you, the viewers, to earn things like reputation marks and dilithium. We have regular giveaways, so there's something for all SDO players, new and old. Follow us on all our social media accounts for broadcast times, and if you'd like to join the Armada, visit us at PriorityOneArmada.com. This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by our patrons through Patreon.com. Find out more and add your support at Patreon.com forward slash Priority One. And don't forget, even if you can't make a financial contribution, the best way that you can support the show is by sharing it with your friends. Let them know that they can get their weekly roundup of Star Trek news right here. It's support like that that keeps us going. Don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions Guard Frequency Podcast at GuardFrequency.com. Each episode, the Guard will take you inside the universe of your favorite space sims, including a tabletop adventure played out by your hosts. And Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons and Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to heroesrisepodcast.com to discover their secrets. Thanks to our audio editors, including William Hardy, Brandon Parker, Rand Hurl, Daniel Stevens, Roscoe McQueen, and Skiffy. Thanks to our producer, Jake Morgan, with assistance from associate producer, Shane Hoover. Thanks to our graphic artist, Henry Pomper, with support from Jason Smith of the Priority One Armada. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. But most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, our listeners, because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Sue, no. Engage. Feedback sync one. This is Cat. Feedback sync two. This is Anthony. Feedback sync three. Feedback in three, two, one. It's only a paper moon drove me. It's only a paper moon. Moom. It... I know Moogie. what I said. I know what I said. Moogie. Moogie. <laughs> Anthony, yeah, go ahead. And from Facebook, Ron Kinney writes, Haven't bought new ships in a long while. The newest ships don't offer much that hasn't been seen before. I'd buy traits or consoles if they were sold separately, though. That's a good Do you point. want to say that again as yeah. though you don't have to burp the entire time? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Do you know how hard it was to hold it in for that sentence? And now, yeah, it, I, it was yeah, all I, for nothing. It was all yeah, for I do nothing. Know, I do know how hard it was Just for you to hold it for that whole sentence it because it was obvious that you were trying to burp the whole time. I wasn't <laughs> trying to burp. I was trying to prevent myself from burping. Uh. The whole, the whole sentence. <laughs> I think I injured my epiglottis. Computer location. 15 millimeters northeast of the duodenum. Very well. Fire faces! Oh, jeez, my duodenum's acting up. Haven't bought a new ship in a long while. The newest ships don't offer much that hasn't been seen already. That hasn't been seen before. Haven't bought... I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> 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 Robocop reference. Oh, right. That's the best line from Robocop, by the way. That and dead or alive, you're coming with me. Right, by the way, Robocop played by Star Trek alum. Peter Weller. Peter Weller. Everybody hit stop. This is Elijah. Burping. Closing. You see what I did? See what I stopped what I was doing? Closing. <laughs> sync one. This is Cat closing sync two. This is Anthony closing sync three. I just power through, man. Power through. <laughs> closing in three, two. Sorry. You yawning or laughing? What the hell's the matter with you? <laughs> yawning. I got all kinds of stuff. Yawning, burping. It's it's all happening. You have to excuse yourself to. Um. Oh lord. <laughs> And now I got to do the guard frequency thing, which is the least <laughs> fun thing to do on this show. <laughs> Sorry, Tony. Sorry, Tony. But oh, don't man. apologize. It's true. Uh, it's, this is the I hate. I was so is glad. Is it Wyvern or Wyvern? It's Wyvern, but it's the same no, it's, joke. It's every... Wyvern. It's a Wyvern. No, it's Wyvern. <laughs> no, it's Wyvern. We were in the car at STLV and we were talking about it the whole time. Anyway, we'll talk about it afterwards. Go, go Can we it. change the joke? Can we make a new joke? No. Can Tony make a new joke? Don't know. He's gonna charge me three fifty an hour for that. <laughs> As he should. <laughs> oh wow. <sighs> Jake, you should you know, too many ossels. Okay. No no more. Is he there for it? No, he's not there. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was. <laughs> too bad. We miss you, Jake. Yeah. Yeah. It was a fluke. He All just right. he happened to have the night off. So, Well, Captains, that brings us to our first community question this week. What are your hopes for a Kevin Feige-led Star Wars? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm asking this question. <laughs> well, no, but the second part, okay, the second part is relevant. Would you like it to be more like Star Trek? Relevant? relevant? Isn't that, isn't mm. relevant? I think it's the relevant in the room. <laughs> okay. Um. Are you being tactful? No, you're not. So you're looking for it. Well, where, where's my respectfulness? Where's my? This is how he gets. This is how he gets at the bar with <clears throat> random strangers. Well, we are just a couple of weeks away from the mycelial crisis event launching for Stowe. Well, we are just a couple of weeks. Are we a couple of weeks away, Anthony? I don't know that you've said it enough. How long are we away? How far? A couple of days? Is it hours? It might be 
months? Why are you looking around the room? Are, are you looking for your tact? They also spoke about their thoughts on what makes Star Trek such a cultural phenomenon. Rap said, quote, I think a lot of things. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't do phenomenon. I just can't say it. Phenomenon. I can't hear it now. <laughs> also spoke about their thoughts on what makes Star Trek such a cultural phenomenon. 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 Now we're going to have all that song stuck in our head. All right. That song is stuck in my head. As for the bloopers, boys. Captain, we have encountered an unusual phenomenon. 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 podcast.roddenberry.com The Roddenberry Podcast Network